Hey loves, this is Kate, the founder of Loam, and I hope you all are having a sweet day. Today I'll be talking to sisters Nina and Sonia Montenegro of the art collective The Far Woods. When I started Loam, The Far Woods were one of the first creative interventions I connected to that embodied my love for work that exists at the intersections of art, environment, and social justice. So the opportunity to learn from Nina and Sonia is definitely a pinch me moment. From publishing zines and ecological regeneration to teaching handcraft skills, The Far Woods is inspiring a culture shift. Their creative art asks us to imagine a world rooted in reverence for the earth, creativity, and care for community. This March, Nina and Sonia will be releasing Mending Life, an illustrated guide for not only helping us learn how to repair our belongings, but also how to reclaim mending as a powerful act of relational restoration. I have no words for how much I cherish this book. It's inspired me to make, mend, and reflect, and given me tools to turn to during these troubled times. Nina and Sonia, thank you so much for sharing space today. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. So mending life is such a gorgeous invitation to learn how to be in relationship. Relationship to our belongings, relationship to our earth, relationship to each other. As makers, what inspired you to write a book that framed repair as a channel for relationship building? Mm, Such a good question. Um, You know, as we started to learn to mend ourselves, we kind of came to notice more about our clothes. We noticed, you know, how they were made, what they were made of, um, you know, pretty obvious things, but things that we had never taken note of before. And this kind of started to deepen our relationship with our clothes. And I think that in modern culture, we're all just so accustomed to being in kind of this one-sided consumptive relationship where we take, take, take from the things around us, you know, and we have no idea who grew the food that sustains us or what went into making our garments. So mending feels like a way to come into a more reciprocal relationship, you know, taking care of something that takes care of us so well. And I think that this intimacy of relationship with the world around us really leads us to a sense of our own place in the world, of our our belonging in the world. Yeah. And when looking around at the the ecological systems collapse and destruction that's happening um, and being inundated with this information and these feelings of grief, um, it's really easy to come to a very nihilistic conclusion that um, maybe the world would be better off without humans. But we see mending as this beautiful gateway into an understanding of our place and of ourselves as healers. Um, so it, it's this beautiful act of hope that helps us to basically see our capacity for, for healing, to see that we are able to repair this hole in our clothes and perhaps we can repair other things beyond that, bigger than that. So something that I loved about what you just shared is this idea that, you know, in the face of ecological crisis, it's so easy to feel like how can humans be a benefit? Um, And this reminder that we can be in reciprocal relationship, that we can be menders and healers is a beautiful invitation to really see ourselves as part of our ecosystem and not separate from it. And so as you were working on this book, as you were in reciprocal relationship with your belongings and each other and your environment, what did your creative process look like? 
how did you two work together to illustrate and write this? Yeah, it will. It's been a long process. Um, it's been about three years in the making, and it started out with a whole lot of just like every other project we work on. Started out with a whole lot of stewing and drinking lots of cups of tea and researching, dreaming, talking to each other, having long, long discussions with folks around us and each other. And the actual act of creating kind of gets distilled down to this small portion of the whole process. And so we had to take many, many scraps of paper and distill it down and um, many, many ideas got thrown out the door. And um, yeah, we just, Nina and I have this um, completely collaborative relationship where we've been working as sisters and collaborators for a very long time. And so we have a way of tossing ideas to each other and with loving kindness, accepting or rejecting those ideas and kind of shaping things as a pair. And it really is this daily practice of compromise and trust and letting go of ego, ultimately, to create something together that we probably wouldn't have been able to create either of us alone. So yeah, we like to refer to our collaboration kind of as a third voice, because it really is like another beast. It's another person in the room almost that neither of us could have dreamt up by ourselves. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it is beautiful. And this book is definitely a reflection of that. Some of the pictures Nina did, some of the pictures I did, some of the writing we passed back and forth to write, sent, you know, each of us writing sentences that all came together to be a paragraph. Um, similarly, illustrations were passed back and forth between us. So it is a true collaboration um, in many ways. And yeah, we're, we're really proud of that. Yeah. And I think we also both um, have this really important part of our art practice where we get really, really involved in a project like this book, Mending Life. And it's, it becomes very like two-dimensional and maybe there's like a long period of time where we have to be on the computer um, shifting things around or writing, you know, writing the narratives in the book. And we both have to have really analog handwork projects going at the same time. Otherwise we go crazy. So, you know, at the end of the day, we turn to a quilt that we're working on or one of us is making a dress or we have a pile of mending to do. And this like handwork that we do, that's part of our practice. It, it does this magical thing where it really opens up the pathways of other parts of our, whatever project we're doing that we're stuck on. Yeah. It's, it's like, the perfect time to be thinking as your hands are moving. And so it really helps you to meditate on a problem or a project and, and uh, it's just really helpful. Well, I think that's one of the things that so many people resonate with your work is there is this like deep sense of embodiment in everything you do. I think that part of your process emerges in your artwork. And one of the things that I really love about Mending Life is that it's not only that you've created this beautiful, practical, uh, playfully illustrated book, um, but you've also been doing workshops around mending and getting people 
to work with their hands and back in their bodies. So can you share a little bit more about what those in-person experiences have been like? Yeah, they've been really incredible. I think Nina and I both have teaching as one of those kind of professions or acts that we really aspire to. It's it's such a powerful thing to be able to share knowledge and also to learn from those you are teaching. So our experiences being teachers and like leading these workshops have been really fulfilling. And to see in person that aha moment when a person does their first darning project where they fix a sock of their own, almost always there's this this light that goes on inside them, you can see it in a person's eyes where something has shifted, where they realize they have this power to take something that was pretty much useless that they thought they were going to have to throw away. And they were able to like rejuvenate it, rebirth it kind of. And it, it seems so small, but it opens up a door um, for many people, and we kind of we kind of joke that it's like mending goggles. All of a sudden, someone puts on mending goggles and looks around and sees things around them differently. Maybe that sweater that they've been tolerating holes in the in the elbows for so long, like now they think they can fix that. They know they can fix that, or that chair that's got a really rickety leg, maybe they can fix that and so on and so forth, even to bigger issues and bigger things that feel broken. So that's been a really, really encouraging thing when having these in-person interactions. Yeah. I mean, I like to joke like when we're, we will walk into a a space where we're about to teach mending that I feel like we're going to be training like a group of Jedi because it's, you know, that feels like exaggerated, but it, it feels like that important to us that I think that a, a sign of a resilient community is one that can take care of their own things. And this is something that people walk away from the workshop being able to do as an offering to their community and to their families and for themselves. And it's just this really beautiful thing to Um, watch people walk away with a skill that they literally could learn in, you know, five hours or less and do their whole lives and for it to serve them and be so useful and to continue to practice. Yeah. To serve them and their communities. Yeah. I love this concept of resilience through radical homemaking so much because I think one of the beautiful ideas of radical homemaking is that it's an opportunity to transform things like mending and repair, things that have been relegated to the realm of the domestic into really powerful tools for growing our resilience and cultivating community. So I love to hear that people have been responding to that so well. And something else I'm so curious to hear from you two more about is how bioregion shapes your place. Because I think in all of your artwork and in Mending Life, you're inviting people to really show up to their surroundings, um, to pay attention to the textiles in their life, to pay attention to the act of mending and making. And I would love to learn more from you about how where you live, the place you're from, inspires your creative process and informs these kind of handcraft skills, because I think your work is really inviting us to see ourselves as part of our environment. Yeah. um, Well, we grew up in the Great Lakes region, 
and we moved 10 years ago to the Cascadia bioregion and we just looked around us with eyes of wonder. It was so different from where we had grown up. Um, and, you know, the first thing that we wanted to do when we got here was we, we kind of yearned to be in relationship with the plants and to learn the plants around us. And so we took time to, to really try to learn, you know, their names and the gifts that they have to offer and to just deepen an intimacy with our surroundings as foreigners to this place. And, um, yeah, I think we, our work is both consciously and unconsciously really influenced by the bioregion that we live in, but also it's just deeply influenced by the natural world in general. And I think that, you know, as artists, the world around us really filters in and through us as daily inspiration, our eyes and ears are always open. Um, and yeah, where we live on like a very immediate level it comes into our work a lot. I mean, I live on a, a small farm that butts up against 55 acres of wilderness. And I feel so fortunate to have come to know the coyotes and the owls and all of the creatures that, that surround me. And I know that this has really like has shaped my work and our work. Um, so yeah, it is really an intimacy with the immediate place where we live. So one of the things that I also really love about Mending Life and that came to mind as you were sharing about how you always are keeping your eyes and ears open to nature is just how paging through that book um, inspires so many really delicious trains of thought, right? L hearing your family story, hearing, I don't know if you hear when you're reading, but you can, when reading your <laughs> reading your family stories and, and your own personal um essays like sparked so many ideas and I think that's such a beautiful gift of art is when it takes you on a million different roads right suddenly you're not just thinking about your socks in a new way <laughs> you're thinking about uh, your past in a new way so what are creative sources of inspiration in your life right now that are taking you on these exciting spirals as it were mm. well um just to start out, partially because there is such a strong presence in the book, um, I just, you know, kind of want to give a shout out and a mention to our parents because for our entire lives and then definitely through this bookmaking process, like our parents have been critical sources of inspiration and watching them have a really robust, each of them have their own robust creative life and process all throughout our lives, you know, as we grew up and as they had other outside jobs and as they raised a family and still to this day have really, really strong um, creative energies and projects. And so watching them has really pushed us and also given us a green light our entire lives to um, truly be who we are, who we want to be and be artists and like embrace that as a passion and a career. Yeah. And I think we're both just so inspired and influenced by whatever we are learning at the moment. We just recently heard that the dung beetle navigates by the Milky Way and like little tidbits like that, that we, that come into our day now and then, like they just stick with us and 
find their way into our work somehow. And, you know, we have a whole journal of ideas for new projects and we just file those away and they make their way in somehow. And so I think just learning about the world is a huge inspiration. And then also coming into contact with other activists and co-conspirators, like we like to call them, they really fuel our work. And Kate, you're one of them. Like it's just (laughs) having other people who are on parallel journeys to ours and who are navigating the times that we're living in is so encouraging and so influential. Even if someone isn't an artist, you know, we have friends who are academics who are on parallel journeys and it's just, it's incredible to know that we're all kind of influencing each other and keeping each other going (laughs) during these times. What is the words like interpollination or cross-pollination? Like, especially in different fields, like that feels really exciting to have conversations with other folks that are learning or are passionate about something different, but somehow there's usually like a crossroads, a point where there's intersection and inspiration can go both ways. And that's really, really exciting, those moments. Okay, first of all, I love what you said about the dung beetle navigating by the Milky Way. That is so cool. I just had like one of those moments where I was like, the world is so intricate and magical. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, and then, you know, we learned recently that fireflies are disappearing and scientists don't know why, you know, there's like light pollution and cars that interrupt their blinking, you know, and it's like, I wonder what that does for the dung beetle to be able to, you know, to maybe not see the stars. And there's just, we find out about things like that and our hearts are so broken and we feel like we need to, to do something in our own way to take action. And that's, that's oftentimes our work is just processing heartbreak and, you know, turning our despair into action because we know that action is the antidote to despair. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and that's where I think your role as artist is so important is that you're able to make these connections transparent and accessible to others. Hmm. Yeah. And, and explaining or exploring the process of processing that grief too um, is really part of the artwork and like how you how you go through it and work through it and then what to do with that feeling right because grief is such a big part of this work and it feels so important to be fearless and fearlessly in conversation with it right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. listening to you share I was just I'm just so moved by the different I love this idea of cross-pollinating and weaving together art and academia and activism to do your work Um, and it got me thinking about one of the things that I really cherished about mending life was I felt like reading and I was existing the intersections of many worlds and it really inspired a certain experience in me like I read it and I used it to guide um, a mending session with myself and some friends What's the kind of experience that you would like for a reader to have from this book? What do you want them to take away? If you could kind of curate a day for them where they're in relationship to mending life, what might that look like? Well, I think that um, 
I would love for them to be able to have the experience of trying out each of the different tutorials that we have in there and kind of exploring the different types of mending because I think each has their own sort of flavor and people sort of I think get drawn to one or the other like darning is fun in its own particular way it's a little bit like weaving the patching is a little bit more maybe known to people because we all have had a rip in the knee of our jeans and maybe tried to fix that so I think um I don't know, just figuring out like which of those might be a favorite way to do things and being adventurous enough to explore the other things too. Yeah. You know, we really wanted to expand this book into having tutorials about like how to create backyard habitat and how to regenerate degraded soil or, you know, expand this mending metaphor into other things in your in your surroundings that you can actually, you know, be an agent of healing in. And we obviously weren't able to elaborate on this like 220 page book into those realms. But I think that our intention with mending is that it, it is a mindset. It is a lifestyle that applies to so much more than your clothes. And it is this beautiful act of tending that we really hope expands into other realms in in your life yeah reader we like to say that like tending to your wardrobe is very much like tending to a garden and any other act of tending where you like spend time with your things and you learn your things and you sort of learn the nuances and the character so much like walking through the garden or watering their plants in your house so yeah, hopefully people are taking away from the book that kind of extension and those kind of like other experience. It inspires those other experiences with the world and the things around readers. And I hope that there, you know, there's a, a renewed sense of preciousness, just like you were mentioning earlier, Kate, about seeing the things in your room in a different light. And it's like, I think that when we, start to realize, you know, all the stitches that went into our clothes, we realized that it, a lot went into making even the cheapest garment. I mean, the, the resources, the labor, everything that it took to get, you know, onto our bodies. And I think for people to walk away with a renewed sense of the preciousness of, of everything in their life, even if it was made cheaply or didn't cost very much would be a huge win. Mm -hmm. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I totally had a brainwave just now when you were talking about tending to your wardrobe as if it were a garden, Um, because I was, as I was sharing with you two before we started recording, I'm doing this from my closet um, on a stack of boxes. So I'm surrounded by net right now um, by my wardrobe And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, what if I imagined this as a garden? And suddenly I'm not in this like kind of dark, (laughs) sad closet. I'm in this like beautiful, subtly colorful garden. So so thank you for that reframe because that was totally took me somewhere else. And thank you both so much uh, for sharing today a little bit about mending life and your story and your art. 
As you guys know, you've been so deeply inspiring to me as well as to so many in the Loam community and I'm really excited for Mending Life to reach new hearts and new homes. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. (laughs) Your work is deeply inspiring to us too, so (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you again so much, Nina and Sonia, for sharing with us today. Uh, Thanks to Isaac Silk for editing, to Isaac and Faith Harding for intro music, and to you all for listening. It is always such a joy to be in a conversation with the Loam community.